0: Hello everybody, welcome back to the Depths of Music podcast, a show that is going off the rails on a crazy train. Yeah, yeah, I know, that was the easiest Ozzy joke I could have made right off the bat, also pun intended, but hey, here we are. My name is Nick, and uh, as the puns have alluded to, we are discussing the new album, Patient Number 9, from the Prince of Darkness himself, Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy has had a career, to say the least, getting his start as the frontman of metal pioneers Black Sabbath, releasing eight albums with the band. Eventually, his intense drug habits, and, you know, that's saying something by the standards of a 70s rock star, made him unreliable, and he was kicked out of the band and replaced with Ronnie James Dio. For more on that story, uh, you can check out my review on Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath, so quick plug there. But once Ozzy was solo, uh, his wife Sharon helped him begin his solo career. He debuted with Blizzard of Oz, featuring some of the most iconic work of his career, such as Mr. Crowley and Crazy Train. Ozzy has been blazing a successful solo career ever since, but not even exclusively in the musical sense. He's been the star of a reality TV show, he's bitten the head off a bat, and has overall become one of the most well-known, if not the most well-known face in heavy metal. Considering all the health issues that come from Ozzy's extreme substance abuse in his youth, it's a miracle that he's still alive and creating music now in 2022. He rejoined Black Sabbath to release 13 in 2013 and would front the band for their farewell tour in 2017 i wasn't into metal at the time and the fact that i can't ever see black sabbath live will forever eat away at my soul still though ozzy continued and the last solo record he released ordinary man was released in pre-pandemic 2020 which was like two years ago a little over two years ago but feels like five while he could not tour the record for both health and pandemic reasons, I still hold that it's an incredibly solid release for an artist like him late into his career. There had been rumors of a new record in the works beyond that, but considering he had to go into life altering surgery earlier this year, there was definitely reason to be concerned. But as he always does, the Prince of Darkness rose again, still planning to tour next year and beginning the rollout of his new album. I can't really express it all here, but when it comes to heavy metal, Ozzy is a living legend, and how he keeps pushing himself forward even at the age of 73 through all of his issues to put out music and content is extremely impressive. But all that being said, now that the record is here, does Ozzy still have the steam in him left to deliver good music this late into his career, or is it finally time to say goodbye to romance? lead single and title track, Patient No. 9 kicks off this album, including the first of two features by guitar legend Jeff Beck. Ambient guitar and creepy laughter and voiceover set the mood of the track before the main guitar riff kicks in. The lead line and guitar playing all over this track in my opinion is pretty damn phenomenal. Ever since this single dropped, I've kind of had it stuck in my head for months. Jeff does a great job with the tasteful embellishments, solos and runs. It's a good thing that he can pull all this off too, considering this song is not exactly short clocking in at over 7 minutes I think the different sections of the track that being the two main verses solo, bridge, and final chorus and instrumental outro all flow pretty well but I would be lying to say it doesn't slightly overstay its welcome I also think the way the bass played by Robert Trujillo of Metallica is also particularly exceptional and gives some weight to the higher register Beck plays in Now that we've talked about the other part of the tracks, let's actually get to the man himself. Just like Ordinary Man, it's very clear that there are vocal effects being used on Ozzy's voice, which is kind of to be expected for an artist his age. Despite these effects, he's still undeniably Ozzy in all the best ways, and in my opinion, still sounds really good. The song, lyrically, is about a patient confronting the horrors of a mental hospital, uh, and while this isn't something I'd say is out of the ordinary for Ozzy lyrically, it is worth noting that this particular experience was inspired by time he actually spent in the hospital uh, with his wife Sharon after she attempted to take her own life in 2020. I feel that Ozzy's lyrics are pretty divorced from the actual event, and this also could have impacted, uh, could have been impacted by Ozzy's stay in the hospital due to surgery earlier this year. Uh, but still, I, I think it's interesting and important context to note. At the end of the day, though, Patient Number 9 is a really promising opener for the album. The tune is catchy and heavy, and it still feels very much in the same vein as all the classic stuff that we love to see from Ozzy. Pounding bass and distorted guitars come in for the driving second track, Immortal. This track features Mike McCready, famous for being the lead guitar player of Pearl Jam, Knowing that kind of shocked me. I'll be upfront and say I'm not the world's biggest Pearl Jam fan or just grunge person in general. Uh, and this is not the type of guitar playing I expected from somebody from that style. I mean, the guitar is distorted to hell and back in all the best ways and the solo is absolutely unhinged. While I like the approach, the whole song uh, while I like the approach, the whole song is a lot shorter and simpler than Patient Number 9. Something In theory, I'm okay with, but it definitely is a little lacking in complexity. Despite the aforementioned guitar work, melodically, it's pretty simple. Lyrically, this is pretty much exactly what it says on the tin. Ozzy is an immortal vampire, and considering how many drugs the man did in his youth and has survived to this age as we talked about earlier, I would say that's a fair assessment. The next track, Parasites, is the first of, count them, four features from Zach Wild. Zach has served as Ozzy's guitarist for the large portion of his career uh, and has formed his own successful metal band, Black Label Society, which I actually had the joy to see kick ass with Anthrax last month, actually two months ago by the time this episode comes out. Considering Zack is so heavily influenced by Ozzy and Black Sabbath, his riffs, both with Ozzy and on his own work, feel very much like it's cut from that cloth of bluesy-style metal riffs. That's pretty much what's happening here, although Ozzy's vocals do feel a little more pop-flavored. Maybe it's just the soaring chorus, but without the metal instrumentation, I could totally see this being a melody used by an artist that's not in the heavy metal world. Lyrically, this song mainly focuses on themes of giving into vices and being haunted by your parents. The song is decent enough, not exactly my favorite here, and I think it's brought down a little bit by the lyrics and the strong structure, kind of lacking some of the balls that I would want from an Ozzy Osbourne track. The next song, No Escape From Now, is definitely one of the more anticipated songs on the album, uh, at least for me and a lot of metalheads, because it is essentially half Sabbath. Uh, Ozzy teams up with former Black Sabbath bandmate Tony Iommi for the first of two features on this record. Spoiler alert, I think this is the better of the two Tony Iommi tracks. This definitely serves as a nice callback to some of what you'd expect from a Black Sabbath song. Iomi's droning guitar serves the track really well as he rips two really solid solos here. It especially kicks into high gear in the final leg of the track when it speeds up. Ozzy's vocal melody is really solid and melds really well with the instrumentals, which makes sense considering the featured guitarist is also the first guitarist that Ozzy really ever worked with. On both the intro and the outro, there are more effects placed on Ozzy's voice to sound him make him sound kind of like he's underwater and I mean that as a good thing it's interesting I think it's kind of well done I like this willingness to experience with vocal effects here considering you're already going to have to put them on Ozzy in the first place um so I feel like kind of testing your limits with that I I think is something I can appreciate the balls in lyrically this is a solid enough song nothing really too stand out and I think they kind of fit the overall dark and gloomy mood of the track This is a song that wouldn't exactly feel out of place on a Black Sabbath record, and I I mean that as a good thing. Next up is One of These Days, featuring Eric Clapton. Clapton is one of the greatest and most well-known guitar players of all time. And also a massive tool, considering some of the stuff I've heard him say on the news. Uh, Clapton's more blues or classic rock style does kind of, in theory, seem like a sharp turn from Zach Wilde and Tony Iommi, but considering that all rock is very much, like, originated from the blues, and especially what Black Sabbath was doing very early in their career is very blues-inspiring, it's a lot less jarring than you may initially think. Trying to put my thoughts aside on Clapton as a human being, his contributions to the song musically I think are fairly good. His solos are well done and stand out pretty distinctly on the record. Ozzy's vocal melody is also pretty catchy here. Lyrically, we're going back to a topic that has kind of been seen as a constant in the career of Ozzy and already on this record. He's talking about mental illness and bringing in reference to religion. You can trace both of these tra- topics all the way back to the early days of Black Sabbath on songs like Paranoid and Black Sabbath, the song. Even just the name Black Sabbath has gotten Ozzy accused of being a Satanist basically his entire career. The self-proclaimed Prince of Darkness never really shied away from darker themes, but it's also pretty clear he's not really an actual Satanist like some of the other musicians he would inspire. The song's lyrics are some of the most solid we've had up until this point. Nothing here is really groundbreaking, but it does tell a relatable story of the hopelessness one can feel while suffering with mental illness. It's a little upbeat for a song about something this dark, but that's also not something new for Ozzy. The aforementioned Paranoid is also a song about mental illness that is, you know, a rock banger. Also, maybe it's the perception of Eric Clapton of being this more conservative figure but I really did not expect him to be put on the song where the lyrics say one of those days where I don't believe in Jesus but despite the stylistic inconsistencies I guess in my head I still think this is one of the most solid tracks on the album considering you know Clapton is probably the biggest name to non metalheads on this record it does make sense that Ozzy would really kind of show out for this and to be honest I'm kind of surprised this wasn't released as a single but hey I I still think this is a track worth visiting and seeing these two team up was definitely something I was looking forward to and something I think paid off pretty well. We're keeping the same lyrical themes as we move into the next track A Thousand Shades and it's our second appearance by Jeff Beck. It's a pretty decent one at that, too. His guitar, though, is given a lot less time to shine than on Patient Number 9, mainly because this is a power ballad. Ozzy has some really great power ballads over the course of his career, like Changes, Goodbye to Romance, and Mama, I'm Coming Home, so this isn't something I'd count Ozzy out on at all. I think this one is fairly good, if not a little on the generic side. The vocal melody is good, and I think Jeff Beck once again does a good job Even though he's not as prominent. I love the way his solo transitions into the final chorus, and I like the way his embellishments cover the final section. It's nothing really out of the ordinary for ballads like this, but I still enjoy it. Lyrically and vocally, it's also fairly solid. The lyrics work fairly well here about darkness that colors our lives. Once again, nothing out of the ordinary, but it's an enjoyable song on its own, and it serves its purpose well, it's just going to be mainly brought down by the next two tracks that follow it. Speaking of, uh, the next track is Mr. Darkness, and it begins our Zach Wild triple feature. Yes, we have three Zach Wild features in a row. I'm interested in the decision to lump these three together and not spread them out, or hell, why not just throw all four Wild features back to back to back to back to back? To back? That's a lot of backs, um, if you're going to put three of them together in the first place. This first track, Mr. Darkness, does make sense, however, as a pacing standpoint, considering it's very similar to A Thousand Shades. It's another more ballad-style track, except this chorus is met with a much grittier guitar riff. Wild turns this track into a more intense metal ballad than Beck did on A Thousand Shades, and I think it's pretty well done. Wiles gets to show a lot of versatility as a guitar player both on the track and on this whole album which is really good to see i'm talking so much about Wiles' contribution uh you'd think this is a black label society song and that's because ozzy is by all means doing really similar things vocally on a thousand that he did on a thousand shades while i've been saying it's all decent that's one thing that is kind of making I'm kind of beginning to notice about this record and Ozzy in general, his singing style is being slightly homogenized, in my opinion. Don't get me wrong; it sounds like the Ozzy you all know and love, but there's less difference in the ways he delivers Parasites and "Mr. Darkness" than the way he delivered "Paranoid" and "Changes." While I'm sure a lot of this is due to the age and the electronics, I still feel like it's worth pointing out. He still does get his chance, though, to get his personality in. Like the nasally, you-don't-even-know-my-name asshole, which closes this track and genuinely made me laugh out loud of how goofy it was. Lyrically, this is another, song, uh, another example of a song doing what it needs to do, but not a whole lot more. I do like the personification of Mr. Darkness as it kind of adds some character to the track, but the core subject matter is pretty much stuff we've already gone over. So, Nothing Feels Right is next up, and it's another ballad with Zach Wild again. Uh, except this one is just worse. Uh, lyrics are less interesting, the riff is not that good, and to be honest, Zach is doing way too much on that last solo for a song that has been really, really boring so far. I love him a lot, I do really enjoy Zach Wild, but he tends to do that every now and again. Uh, when I saw Black Label Society a few months ago, Uh, He had a bit where he just held the guitar behind his head and soloed for a solid four minutes, which is really impressive, but like, damn, that's a long time to hear somebody solo. Maybe it's just because I'm not like as trained, um, but when people just kind of like shred forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, it kind of begins to wear on me. So I, I feel like, especially his final solo on this song overstays its welcome by like maybe a few seconds the whole bit about ozzy's vocal delivery that i was just talking about uh is becoming more and more noticeable as we're on the third ballot in a row as i mentioned when i was talking about a thousand shades nothing feels right kind of drags the last two tracks down because this is the third ballot in a row And I've gotten to the point where after listening to this and writing this script, I'm having a hard time conjuring the memory of, like, what differentiates these tracks uh, in my head because they just kind of all blend into this midsection ballady mess. And I feel like that's a miss on terms of just the pacing of this album because I think All of these tracks on their own, I mean, Nothing Feels Right isn't really great, but the other two are actually, I think, fairly solid songs. It's just that putting them back-to-back-to-back really just kind of ruined any momentum or impact they might have because, you know, ballads on metal albums are really good opportunities for pace breakers and to really change it up and keep your listener engaged, but just putting them back-to-back-to-back like this kind of defeats the whole purpose. And considering, you know, two of the three of these are featuring the exact same guy, I don't know why they didn't just decide to move the, one of these tracks to a different spot. I mean, individually, I well, as I said, I think they're plenty enjoyable, but in terms of pacing, it just doesn't really work for me. Moving on, though, luckily, the final Zach Wilde feature, uh, Evil Shuffle, picks the pace up a bit. The uh, name, Evil Shuffle, first of all. Goofy-ass song title. I love it. Uh, And considering how I've been known to enjoy bands like Ice Nine Kills and Ghost and Sabaton, it's no secret I love my campy and goofy metal, and this is definitely part of that. The song is so much harder than the ballads that we've been... Uh, on for the last bit of the album with a pretty pounding riff mix that with that classic Ozzy charm and this is one of the songs I've enjoyed the most on the record once again maybe it's just the pacing problems but I've really been having fun with this track and it's very refreshing in the pacing of the album I also feel like this track gives Ozzy a little bit more of a chance to show off vocally and do something a little bit differently um As you know, I was complaining just a few minutes ago about his vocal delivery kind of being homogenized. Tracks like this give him the chance to kind of switch it up a little bit, and I really like that. Um, Once again, I don't know why this wasn't put in the middle of these ballads, but... I really enjoy this track, Uh, it's goofy, it's fun, it's enjoyable, it's an ass kicker. It's pretty much what I want to hear from Ozzy Osbourne. And speaking of goofy tracks, uh, next up is Degradation Rules. It's the final song in the album with a feature and it is the second appearance of Tony Iommi. Just like his feature earlier this record, he's not really doing anything out of the ordinary for him. He's just bringing that classic Doomy Sabbath flavor to the record, which in my opinion, is always welcome. This riff is good. It's not as memorable as the No Escape From Now riff, uh, but then again, that may be due to the lyrics of this song really taking center stage, and that's saying something, considering I've been kind of glossing over the lyrics for the majority of this review due to them just kind of either being decent enough to just kind of get the job done or not great. Um, but this set of lyrics is is something else. Folks, I'm not going to beat around the bush any further. Ozzy decided to use this Tony Iommi feature to talk about jerking off. I kid you not, it's about jerking off in your room. I don't want to come across as ageist, but thinking about Ozzy in this context is really not what I needed today. Uh, phrases like sticky little magazines and beating your jewels is not what I was expecting to hear as the second single of the album. This was a single. Plus, to top it all off, we have Ozzy name dropping po- an adult website and moaning I've come into the microphone. Now, you can see what I mean when I say it's hard to focus on Tony's guitar playing when all of this is going on in front of it. Plus, there's harmonica in this song, if it wasn't weird enough already. I i don't think I like this song. I didn't when I first heard it, but it's just so funny to me that I've almost come back around on it. Oh, come Oh, God, why'd I say that? Ew. So... Our final three tracks here have no features, uh, something that once again calls into question the pacing of this album just from the onset. The first of the final three is Dead and Gone, a song, this song is at a point of the album where essentially a lot of what I've said already before applies here. It's a decent enough mid-tempo rocker, but once again kind of gets lost in the shuffle of all the songs that came before it, and those songs that kind of outshine it. Another mid-tempo ballad follows this with God Only Knows. And no, this is not a Beach Boy cover, although that would have been crazy. Um... It is another decent enough song, mainly carried by the really powerful drumming. The drums on this track, Mr. Darkness and Parasite, are performed by the late great Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters. May he rest in peace. And once you learn that, you really can't unhear it, as he's really giving this song a lot of weight that really carries it. I mean, Taylor is just, like, really putting the weight on those drums, really killing it on a track that's like on the everybody on the rest of like the vocal delivery is kind of just not really going there uh besides for that though i think the song is kind of boring the final track is dark side blues and it is a little strange even though i do enjoy the harmonica driven outro it's not really a song it's more of just an outro uh but it does a good sense of adding ambiance and like completeness to the album i i like it when albums end on kind of like a definitive outro that it kind of does a nice job of bringing a full circle project um but you know this is just kind of a short little outro which is fine i think it's nice uh but it's not really a huge real song So, as the album closes, how are we feeling? Honestly, I think there's a lot to love about Patient Number 9. I stand by a lot of what I said at the beginning about how it's a miracle that Ozzy is still alive, let alone recording music that actually is pretty decent. While some people may be annoyed by the vocal effects, I think Ozzy still sounds pretty good on this record. While not as dynamic as he used to be, I still feel like he's there. I know in terms of instrumentals, I've mainly focused on the guitar work, uh, as those features artists change the most from song to song, but Ozzy's backing band contains some really big names who are doing a really great job, notably Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses, Robert Trugilio of Metallica, and as I mentioned before, Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters. I have no complaints about the bass and the drumming as there are some really great moments for these amazing players to stay out, stand out. A rhythm section is meant to be consistent and solid, and a an Aussie's all-star rhythm section does just that, even if they are a lot of times less noticeable just due to being a rhythm section. I feel like the featured guitarists do well to put their own spin on each track, and Ozzy actually does work well with each of them. The rumor that Jimmy Page turned down a feature on this album is pretty damn heartbreaking to think about, but even guitarists, uh, but even guitarists like Clapton and McCready prove that Ozzy can work with people who are not just strictly heavy metal. The album isn't perfect, however, I've spent the last half of this review complaining more than I've been praising, uh, as it drags pretty noticeably, the three ballad midsection is pretty rough, and along with some more forgettable songs at the end, this one doesn't exactly stick the landing. Still, though, I feel like you can pick out a lot of really enjoyable tracks from this album, and I would say as an experience overall, Patient Number 9 is pretty good. It's a flawed record, um, but I feel like some of the best cuts here still stand very well on their own in Ozzy's discography, and I feel like the album as a whole still proves that Ozzy's got it left in him. And that is it for patient number nine. Thank you so much for listening. I apologize in the delay with uploading this episode as I am uh, had a lot going on. So thanks for sticking with me. Big shout out to The Post, an independent student news run outlet here in Athens, Ohio, who will be helping host and promote the show from this point on. It's not really going to change anything on your end. Uh, You can still... Find depths of music all the normal places but there may be a few new faces so welcome to everybody who came from there if you like this and you want more i've done reviews of other metal acts like black sabbath with dio not Ozzy though um iron maiden metallica slayer and more uh, and if you really like listening to me talk about metal I've got a live show with the good people at ACRN every Monday at 11 a.m. If metal is not your bag, though, I've got a bunch of artists from all across the musical spectrum, so I'm sure we'll have something you like. We've got Instagram, at Depths Music Cast, and Twitter now, at Depths Pod, which I'm going to try to post more on, but, you know, Twitter really scares me, I'm not going to lie. Thank you again for listening, especially if you sat through that obnoxiously long plug. I've been Nick and thank you for diving into the depths of music. I'll see you next time.